Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by a Smile and Pingdom and Hover. I'm Simone de Rochefort, a video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm here today with Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Developer Advocate. Christina, what time is it? Uh, it is 6.30 in the morning Pacific time because... Uh, yeah! Yeah, because we rule, basically. We do rule! Uh, poor Brie has poor Brie. a throat issue this week. Uh, so she's saving her voice for her job, uh, which is running for office. And I am in L.A. on a shoot. So I was like, Christina, instead of cramming in a recording between my shoot and my team dinner last night or after, like late at night when I am dead, what if we wake up at six in the morning like total badasses and knock this one out? <laughs> Yep. And I was like, that's fine, even though I have another podcast I have to record later, uh, which is uh, uh, fine. No, I'm, I'm actually really excited. And um, I hope Bree's voice gets better um, uh, for real. And uh, we promise that we haven't been um, publicly talking about her in our Slack and telling her to take accountability for her voice not mm-hmm. being up to speed. Um, that no. was my veiled reference to the away scandal. Get no, out of we, here. We, 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 no, we, 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 went for, we went for you to feel better. because. But also, I really important. appreciate you getting up so early to talk to me, especially since you have another podcast, as you said, right after this. So let's uh, get into it. You've just actually let us in by mentioning the scandal of the week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, we're not going to spend a lot of time about this because I think everything yeah, it's not said a full needs to topic. get said. No, but uh, yeah, if, if you didn't see The Verge did an amazing report on Away, which Disclosure was a sponsor like years ago. They haven't sponsored us in years, and I'm sure after this, they won't sponsor us in the future, which is fine. <laughs> um, uh, the luggage company, um, who also Disclosure, I bought their rose gold, um, I guess, like medium, whatever, like the middle size um of their uh, aluminum variety. I bought one earlier this oh, year. Oh, look at you. Um, so, uh, uh, so I am like a, a customer and I like their product, but their CEO, or I guess now former CEO, there was a big uh, investigation The Verge did about the behavior and kind of the culture. And uh, I don't really want to focus on any of that stuff because I think it's all been said and, and commented on. I just, uh, this is just a good reminder, I think just for anybody out there that um, don't, don't put stuff in Slack, especially private channels, unless you check your company's retention policies. Um, yeah. And also mm-hmm. be aware of like what the culture of the place you're working is. And so if it's the type of place where they ban private comms, even if though that's an insane thing to ban, like that's what signals for. That's what the iMessage group chat is for. Just, I mean, like, even don't do that. I mean, when we were when bleh, when we were getting started with our union, they made a separate union Slack. Oh, completely. And I, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to be yeah, like, um, and, and that this is a story about people who should have had more savvy tech knowledge. No, 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 yeah. no, no. It's, 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 no, no. But, but, but it means some of it, like some of the stuff, I think was valid. Some of the stuff, I was just like, and it's not that I think people should know better. I think sometimes people just don't realize those things. And your point about the union thing. I think the reason yours had to be separate was probably because of uh, what happened with us um, at uh, the the Gizmodo Union, formerly the Gawker Union, because when Univision bought us and there was discussion about things, what happened is when Univision um, took over the Slack, they instituted some new policies and made it clear that they could see anything happening in private um, channels. And at that point, 
we worked with the WGA who was like, no, you need to have a separately hosted instance. This has mm-hmm. to be separate. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. I want to briefly touch on the, the – I absolutely hate their Slack-only policy, and I'm going to briefly explain why. One thing yes. that I have just been trying to be so conscious of lately is how easy it is to ask someone a question in Slack, and then it becomes a thing where they have to – it creates a sense of immediacy, and some questions it's just like, I, I want to ask you this. I, I want to know something from you, but I really don't need to know this right now. You don't need to derail your entire day to get me an answer to this. Right. And that's where email is friggin' great because they don't have to like read it and then remember, okay, I'm going to come back to this later. I'm going to put this on my task list. It just kind of sits there in the inbox. And right. It, it doesn't like create it doesn't this do anything. demand yeah. on someone. Uh, totally. I mean, and, and I think the whole reason that people used Slack instead of email was because, you know, email overload, which is a real thing. But what we've replaced it with is Slack overload. Yeah. And and Microsoft there has to be balance. Uh, Microsoft, even though we do have a, a Slack competitor Teams, which I'm in the hell where I have to use email, I use Teams, and I use Slack all for my job. Um, so it's like literally the worst of all things. Uh, but, um, you know, even though we, we have, you know, the Teams product and, and you know, the company is making investments into that, we are, as a company, it's a very email-centric company, which mm-hmm. was really weird for me never having worked at, like, an email first place before. But I see why people, in some cases, why it's better. Because to your point with things like time zones, especially, like, I have people that I work with who are all over the world, you know, it doesn't create that weird like sense of am I going to wake somebody up is somebody going to be alerted do they feel compelled to respond yeah especially since so many people have slack on their phone and don't exactly notifications which you should but (laughs) you know you should do it but like I have but like I have certain things that are set for certain things just to be alerting and and yeah to your point like you don't want it to derail somebody's whole thing when you just have a quick question I think the bigger thing too is like I work with or we can email people who you know uh, might be vendors, but they might also be like external to the company. And when Mm -hmm. you deal with that, getting those people part of your Slack or your team's conversations, totally different, right? So email is still the best way to be inclusive if if you're honest, especially if you're working with somebody outside your org. That's totally right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the main topic of this week, which is, of course, the new Mac Pro. Yeah. Yeah. There's no avoiding this one. Uh, so Apple no. has finally come out with, you can now buy the uh, customizable, extremely modular Mac Pro that people have been asking for since the debut of the lovely little trash can. Um, there's been a lot of talk. Most of the discourse that I've seen around the Mac Pro this week has focused around the price of it. It starts at totally. $5,099.99 um, and it has stats to match with an 8-core Intel Xeon W processor, 32 gigabytes of RAM, 256 gigabytes SSD, two Radeon Pro 580X GPUs. Um, They are including the mouse and keyboard, which is nice. Um, A lot of outlets ran with a story um, where they messed around with all of the customizability, including like the screens, uh, sorry, the display, the pro Mm -hmm. display, and got it up to $52,000, which is a wild. Uh, but then the reviews that yeah. I'm seeing on YouTube from like Marquez Brownlee and Jonathan Morrison mm-hmm. focusing on the capabilities of the machine are all really good. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that if you are in what, let's just be honest, is a very, very, 
very small select group of people um, who this is going to be the ideal thing for you. I think that this is a machine where you could make the argument. Um, uh, I don't know if you could say that like you're going to get great ROI on this in terms of cost performance, mm-hmm. but it's definitely one of those things where you would, um, you know, you can certainly, the performance is certainly really, really impressive. And the fact that it's modular and actually has an upgrade path um, is a really good thing because that's something that the last Mac Pro didn't have. Uh, I still take issue with some things like the base model. I think there are two things about the base model that are ridiculous. Tell One, me. Uh, it, it only comes with 256 gigs of um, uh, storage on the NVMe. Um, even right now, like the, the 16-inch Mac uh, MacBook Pro comes with 512 standard. And to me, 512 should be your your standard amount. And I realize it's relatively trivial to add another drive, whether internal or external, but that's stupid, especially when you look at like the, the options from Apple is like you go from like 256, I think you've got to immediately go to like two terabytes or something. Oh, God. Which is, which is really ridiculous. And um, also, the the base graphics card is just a Radeon 580X with eight gigs of RAM. And that's that's a decent card, but for uh, $6,000, that's not a decent card, right? Like, it's not even a Vega. It's not even the the, the video card that's in the latest um, iMac, like the, the non-pro iMac, if you get that ramped all the way up. So that, to me, I'm just kind of like, okay, the, you're being, this is, like, these specs are out of whack um, in terms of the price, you know? So, uh, you know, interesting. It's, it's interesting because... It's interesting because I, I don't know, like, you know, what I, I, I watched both Jonathan and Marquez's videos, but I don't know what their um, uh, configurations were, you know, um, for, for, for their tests and how much their configured, uh, you know, their, their configured units um, cost. But um, uh, I okay, think it, with Jonathan's, my... I think Jonathan did the completely souped up one because that was like a, a test uh, for audio engineers. But I might be wrong about that, so I'm going to double-check. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, so so just a correction on my part. So you can go from 256 gigs to one terabyte. So it's not to two terabytes, it's to one terabyte, but still, like, that seems – just give people 512. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, the, the graphics card is more egregious because to upgrade from the Pro 580X uh, to the Vega 2 with 32 gigs of, of HMB2 memory is $2,200. Uh, so, you know, like – when you're looking at your performance thing for somebody, like nobody's coming out of this spending less than 10 grand. And that's before you talk about tax and before you talk about the the, the display um, and anything else. Like you're spending $10,000 minimum on this machine. And, and that's, you know, I think puts this in a very rarefied group of people. I'm interested from your perspective, Simone, because you actually are a video editor. You're somebody who works with a lot of footage and where the the time differences, especially with some of the 8K stuff, and I, I don't think you work with 8K footage, but not definitely, yet, you know, not yet, but, but like the render times make a big difference for you. Is this something, I mean, I'm sure that, uh, that, that Vox will be getting at least one of them for your, your studio purposes, but is this something that if like, money was not, if this wasn't your purchasing decision, that you think that this would change a lot of things in your workflow or or not? Yeah, I think it would be friggin' awesome. Um, so the stat that impressed me the most is that Marquez Brownlee was able to process a five-minute 8K video in four minutes and 20 seconds. Hashtag blaze it. Um, <laughs> and that, that's super impressive to me because usually, I mean, with 4K even, it takes so much longer to render and the fact that this was processed in 
uh, less time than it, than the clip actually was. That's absolutely wild to me. And even with um, the video that I recently did on brutalism and control, I was working with 60 frame 1080p footage, uh, which is your bog standard video game footage. Like um, that's generally what any video that involves gameplay should be exported in if the gameplay is 60 FPS, because it loses so much clarity when you do it at um, 24, which is what um, we would shoot our VO or our our head on camera, uh, our on camera segments in. Um, But it doesn't look weird when you um, upscale a person to 60 FPS. So that's fine. Um, So my iMac, my 2015 iMac just, there would be times when I would press play and it's playing back at a quarter quality because I set it to Mm -hmm. a quarter quality. I don't need to see a playback at full quality. I press play and just nothing happens. And it is so frustrating when you're just, I'm just trying to watch like this one change that I've made. I've moved like text a little bit or something. I've added a different piece of B-roll and I press play and I can't watch what I've done. And then I just have to sit there and kind of twiddle my fingers for a bit and then think about it and then try it again, pull back the playhead, like, ugh, and it's so frustrating. Um, And I don't think that Vox is going to get me a new Mac Pro. I don't think I necessarily could make the use case that right. I desperately need one. However, no, it's it great. definitely yeah. for just to take away the the load of of concern for a video producer, video editor, that you can just see your changes immediately without worrying about about rendering or about processing that's really cool yeah i mean and i think that's a great point My, the the one question i would have and um i should make a correction because i didn't actually notice this before there will eventually be coming soon there will be an option to get a radeon pro w570 uh, a 5700 x with 16 gigs of uh, memory or to get two of those cards so Presumably, you will not have to spend $2,400 um, to upgrade your, your video card, but that's not available now, which is ridiculous. But anyway, but I guess the question I would ask of you is you're using a 2015 um, 5K iMac. And so that came out, I guess, like in October of 2015, I want to say. So we're talking about like a four-year-old machine that's realistically running like five-year-old hardware. So my question would be, would you be not maybe served as well, but like theoretically, especially for your purposes, you know, better served just by getting like one of the new um, uh, 5K iMacs, um, not even the Pro, because uh, the, I, th- I think the, the the new, I'm, you know, the iMac Pro hasn't been updated in um, two years. And the new um, uh, uh, 5K iMac, um, you can get a six core model with the ninth gen um, uh, i7. Um, and uh, like in that case, would you maybe be better served by getting um a um a better um or actually excuse me you can get an eight core sorry uh, uh you can configure to that getting like one of the new 5k iMacs versus you know having to go all in on a Mac Pro I don't know I guess it's kind of a debate right because theoretically with the Mac Pro that's something that you could continue to iterate on um as new cards come out no i mean i mean you're you're not wrong i guess i'm just asking like because if you're talking about like are you saying should i get rid of my four-year-old computer 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, but 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 I guess I'm even I'm even talking about like I think this is kind of my hang up right now. I think about the Mac Pro, unless you're in a very specific audience, is that when you're trying to do that cost performance stuff. Okay, so the the Mac Pro is going to perform better. Is it going to perform twice as good? You know, right? yeah, you're like, right because I make videos for YouTube, and at the end of the day, no matter how beautiful my video looks it's going to go on YouTube where it's going to be compressed uh, to some degree. So aside from like any, any performance issues that I have could probably be solved by a new iMac and the end product is not like an IMAX film or a like hundred layer audio track (laughs) that's going to, you know, go on a CD. Um, So I really don't need this machine. Right. I mean, you want it, but 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 I, th- I think what people are going to struggle with is, I mean, and you also use Premiere in your workflow, and yeah. I believe that all the tests they did were in Final Cut because that's been actually optimized to take advantage of things, and we'll have to see if Adobe yeah. will update their software, which they haven't done so far to really take advantage even of of the you know um, uh, uh, more powerful um, iMac Pros and 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 iMacs and and MacBook Pros. Yeah, um, I think to, so. To, what you're getting at is like there's this stratification of the, of professionals, right? Right, right. And, 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 and not only is it saying, okay, you know, you could say, oh, I'm a video person or a photo person or an audio person. It's like, there's an asterisk there. You I'm probably a video, have audio engineer person. in your title if you need it. Uh, well, not even that, right? I mean, I think it's, 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 I am doing these things and I use these tools for these purposes that this hardware is going to give me like a significant improvement over, you know, another option. Um, and, and it's hard too, because if you look at like the, the PC landscape and, and I know that there are some people who are like, oh, I would never use, you know, Mac OS. Uh, there are other people who are like, well, I want to do AI and ML stuff and I'm using CUDA and NVIDIA doesn't support that on Mac OS anymore. So guess what? Like you're mm. going to be using Windows. That's what you're going to be doing or, or Linux, right? You're not going to be um, using a Mac for that anyway. There are really, you know, not, not just the, um, even on the consumer AMD side, right, like the, the new Ryzen chips um, are, are performance-wise really good. But if you go up to the pro things, um, not even talking about the Xeons, but looking at like the latest Threadripper stuff, you can get really amazing performance. So I, I think you have to be the right type of person and use the right type of tools. And yes. so to me, that's the big thing where I'm kind of like, I guess the, the Mac Pro doesn't, it feels late and... In, in a lot of ways to me. A, you know, I feel like it's very clear now that they hadn't started on this thing when they had that big briefing with um, the journalists, you know, yeah. um, like 2,000 days ago. And, or, or if they had, it was it was very broad outlines. It was not ready. And I think, two, in the, in the six years since the last Mac Pro came out, the Pro market has changed a lot. And, that, you know, puts this caliber machine and, and look, you can certainly, you know, spec out Dell machines uh, or, or HP, you know, machines and servers that can cost mm-hmm. as much or more than a Mac Pro, right? Like that's, that, that no one's arguing that and, and the performance in the Mac Pro might be better in some ways, but it's like you have the old Mac Pro, like the one that Brie has, like the, the, the 2009 era one, you know, the old cheese grater, there was at least some sort of attainability in it. And even I think with the, the trash can a little bit, like, you know, uh, we had them all over Mashable and, and Gizmodo, and I'm, I'm sure you have plenty of them at, at Box. Whereas this, just because of, of what you're 
like I said, you're basically going to be forced to spend $10,000 just to get in the door mm-hmm. really puts this in uh, a much more rarefied position. Yeah. And do you think that, I mean, Apple clearly believes that they can at least sell enough of these things to the people who will want them or else they wouldn't, they Right. They could have just let they could have just given the uh, trash can a light refresh or just killed the line entirely. Yeah. No, I mean, and and I mean, I have to think that they were hearing from a lot of their pro customers. I mean, and, and, you know, you know this as well as anybody like the industry has because of various things going on with Final Cut and other stuff and and. You know, because of, 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 you know, things being on server and cloud side for VFX and whatnot, and most rendering is done on, on Linux uh, servers anyway, like Apple would was at risk and they've arguably been losing kind of the pro market in mm-hmm. a lot of areas for years, um, whether uh, unless they wanted to just fully concede it, which which I think would be like, I don't want to, I obviously can't speak for them, but I think that that would almost be like a... a, a that would really hurt. That would oh, be yeah, like a vanity sure. loss. Like they've always been. They've always they've been, been known for that. Yes, exactly. And I think to have to Half concede of their that line is products that have pro in the name, <laughs> right? But I think to have to concede, like you know, to say we are not like the first choice for kind of creatives would really yeah. kind of uh, we've lost. You know, like, it. We've let it go. Right. Yeah. Like, like I think that would be really embarrassing and maybe humiliating. Maybe because they take a lot of pride in those things. Also, I mean, I think that look, they're going to sell. I'm. I would guess maybe on the order of 100,000 of these a year, they will never break it out. Yeah. Um, and and that's not a lot, but that's going to make them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And and hopefully, you Enough know, they'll money. continue, to, the, hopefully they'll continue to iterate it, right? Because the only thing I have any fear about with Apple, because they did this with the, with the last Mac Pro, they've so far done it with the, the iMac Pro, is like they release these things, they go through this fanfare, and then they don't do anything to the specs and sell it for the same price for years. And even though this one is upgradable, like, that's still, you know, it makes it that much more difficult to, like, rationalize buying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more, you know, reviews and comparisons. and Definitely. And next week we'll get Breathe's take on this as well, probably. Totally. For now, let's hear from our sponsor, Smile. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by PDF Pen from our friends at Smile. PDF Pen is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs on the Mac. Oh man, my tummy hurts. I'm so hungry. But that's not important because PDF Pen 11.2 lets you easily edit the content in table cells. (gasps) Sexy. You can change typeface, font size, and other text formatting with PDF Pen's font bar. That's where I like to go on a weekend night the font bar. You can add, edit, or remove images from your documents with PDF Pen and add headers, footers, and watermarks. Plus, PDF Pen for Mac supports macOS Catalina and PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone is iOS 13 ready. (gasps) There's no waiting. You can learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. If you do any work with PDFs, you need PDF Pen. Go to smilesoftware.com slash podcast and go and check it out. Our thanks to PDF Pen for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Christina. Gadgets. It's your favorite topic. Let's talk it about is my gadgets. Favorite yes. <laughs> so um, there have been a bunch of 
uh, like a end of the decade list. And I think actually I, I wanted to bring this up to you guys in our group chat, you and Brie in our group chat, but I'm going to just bring it up live on the show. Now, I think that for our last episode of the year, we should just do like the decade in review in tech, mm-hmm. um, like in general. But yeah, like go back through all of our favorite topics. Exactly. Like the last decade. Yeah. But but um, I, I did want to kind of highlight because with Gizmodo and The Verge released their like gadgets of the decade list uh, this week, which I thought was really interesting. And uh, I wanted to kind of get your take on what you thought. Uh, there were a lot. There were some similarities. There were some differences. The the iPhone 4, not surprisingly, was The Verge's number one gadget. And it ranked it was on the Gizmodo list, which wasn't ranked too. And that that's completely accurate. But uh, I wanted to get your take on on what you thought of those lists and and what, what you think about kind of how gadgets have changed over the last 10 years. I, I'm enjoying these lists. I scrolled immediately down to the bottom of the Verge list and saw the iPhone 4. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Because that like was the smartphone that really sort of launched a thousand ships, as it were. Totally. Um, but I've seen a lot of discourse about <laughs> the inclusion. My, my dear friend, Julia Alexander, wrote a blurb on the Verge list for number 12, TV remote with Netflix button. And it's gotten some flack on Twitter. And I don't know. I feel like people are just not stretching their imagination of of the definition of gadgets enough because I think people are giving it flack. And obviously, she's my friend, whatever. But people are giving it flack because it's like, well, that's not a, a gadget. It's a TV remote. It's just a button on a remote. But... A, smart TVs are definitely one of the defining and, in my opinion, obnoxious features of the decade. And also, Mm -hmm. as some people pointed out, like this makes it so simple for older people who might not understand uh, how to access apps on their TV. Like, yes, Netflix button. Boom. And also, I think it's a big deal to have an app, something so ephemeral, integrated into the hardware that you have, yeah. that you have committed to for the next I don't, five years or so. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And actually, uh, you know, she she makes a joke in it that says, you know, like Netflix from, went from being a more convenient blockbuster to one of the most popular streaming services. But what's interesting about this is that um, Netflix was one of the early companies to put their logo on a button. I think the Roku um, was the first one to have that, but but other things, like in terms of actually having the, the, the branded button, mm-hmm. there were, um, uh, Roku was the first device that had like Netflix's streaming thing, but very quickly thereafter, Blu-ray players got it too. And then other services joined as well. Um, but uh, actually, because when Blockbuster, before it, it completely like, it, like imploded, they had a streaming service or an attempt at one, and there were Blockbuster Blockbuster buttons mm-hmm. on, um, I, I think, some Roku devices, certainly on Blu-ray players uh, um, and uh, TVs and things like that. And and there are a number of other services that are, you know, on those things. I think that like, there was like an RDO button, I think, maybe also on a Roku, right? Like, it's interesting to look back at some of those older remotes and you can see the stuff that has lasted and, and the stuff that hasn't because yeah. – you know, a lot of because part of the problem with the um, the, the smart TV thing, uh, you know, the kind of the start of this decade and, and the set up boxes is on the one hand, like you said, it, like it makes it really convenient for anybody to access this stuff. On the other hand, it kind of reminds you of how quickly technology is willing to just leave uh, devices that aren't even that old behind. Yeah, and like you could understand, okay, a Blu-ray player that I got, you know, uh, ten years ago is not going to access the internet anymore. Like it's not going, or you know, like it's not going to Netflix isn't going to work on it. But a TV that I bought five years ago, which for a lot of people is like that's not that long ago, 
off, might not, you know, get, get the latest services or updates. And at a certain point, you know, Netflix or, or whoever might be like, nah, we're just not going to. Yeah, we're done. We're, and we're, we're done supporting this. Yeah. You know, like the entry is clearly like very tongue in cheek, which I think people yeah. are missing. And also at the end of the day, what does define our decade more than being able to access Netflix with the push of a button? Like TV is so tied into our tech and gadget culture. Um, I mean, we talk about Netflix all the time on this show. And I, I think you can't really ignore that. No, and I think that that you know, I think I think focusing on the button is, and I mean, I, I get the reason why that was done because like that's like the the you know kind of like tongue in cheek, you know, kind of like a yeah. snarky. Kind and of like another take. entry on this list is frayed lightning cable, which is also so true. I have one of my own right now. Right, but but like uh, I have many of them, but I think the bigger thing about the Netflix stuff is it's like. Netflix is one of the defining stories of the last decade and its rise and the way that it is transformed uh, distribution for uh, television and now movies, too. And so to ignore that um, is uh, is dumb. And if you and you you can't include Roku because Roku technically debuted before the decade. But if you look at like if you say that button, that was one of the smart things that Netflix did um, for the first probably half of the decade. And then they kind of you know, started to taper off because they don't need to do anymore. They put their app on anything and they would license their yeah. thing to anything. They, that was, that was the big strategy to get, you know, oh, Brett, like, love you, you know, you could, like, you could get Netflix on everything, I think, except for BlackBerry because they were like, we're not going to mess with that. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and like the four BlackBerry fans would get very angry. And then when I would write like snarky things on Mashable about it, I would, I would, they would fill up my inbox yelling at me. Hashtag uh, not even Netflix. Right. Not even Netflix, exactly. But exactly. But, but that's the thing, right? Is that Netflix really kind of pushed that, and so I think that like it 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 does make sense because Netflix is a huge tech story, and mm-hmm. it being available everywhere is huge too. Now, I want to ask you: Do you is there any item on either of these lists that stands out to you as something where you're like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I think. Um, I, uh, it's okay if if no, if you think that they're perfect list. No, I don't think they're perfect at all. I just <laughs> I, I'm trying to kind of say like where I where I think they kind of you know go wrong or whatever. Where do like, you draw think, the line? Uh, yeah, I mean exactly because I mean there are there are like a lot of okay like for instance I don't think the Peloton is one of the gadgets. Oh, like I think Peloton's an interesting company and and obviously we all have fun making fun of the ads, but I don't think that's a gadget of the decade. Uh, yeah, that's because. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's not really one of those. I'm like, meh, I'm not sure about that. And I would also say, you know, like the Verge's list, it was clear they're just trying to pad at certain points, like having like a backup camera and having, you know, some other yeah, things. Like, silly. You know, just trying to fill stuff up. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, I take issue with this. The Putting the coolest cooler, which was a huge, like, Kickstarter's biggest disaster. There, No, that, I mean, coolest if you cooler, want. No, however, Juicero. Yes. Yes. Well, because the, the Juicero story was really good, but I think putting coolest on there, like if you want something to represent um, Kickstarter, the pebbles are already there. And I think the yeah. pebbles is a much better narrative about Kickstarter because there was success, then the company failed, then, you know, it was acquired, you know, uh, for parts, you know, by Fitbit. Um, like that to me is is much, uh, it makes much more sense. I think the, the HP touchpad, that was also one where I was like, why? Uh, it was only available for like, like 20 days or something. Mm-hmm. Um 
Uh, I know Dieter loves, uh, you know, WebOS, but that was one of those things where I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't know uh, if that's really like up the level of, you know, saying, okay, what's gadget of the decade? Yeah, I mean, my ex- experience with our uh, games of the decade list, which I think is much easier to do than a tech list because I, I don't know it. it Maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels that way to me. But my experience is once we, like, argued our way through the top 20, especially the top 10 took a long time, the top 20 took a long time. Once we argued our way through that, it was just a matter of, like, "Eh, does this feel, well, this feels a little better, so let's just shove it up five places. Um, It becomes a lot less, I guess, stringent, (laughs) the numbering, after a certain point, because at that point it just kind of all feels the same. Um, which kind of helps me understand why some items ended up on here. But uh, I want to talk about the Peloton a little more. Like, what can you expand on your feelings about the Peloton? I mean, I don't know. I mean, may- maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Peloton is interesting, but it's it's like it's a really, really expensive exercise bike yeah. that has an internet-connected app. And, you know... It, well, I, I feel like it kind of... And I'm not defending this because I don't really give a crap about the Peloton, but I think maybe what it represents is the our future of or is that gadget which is just thing that you already have but now with app and peloton's yeah, okay, a very a uh high profile example of that yeah you know what that that's true I, I i i can come around and i can be like all right peloton can stay and instead well what i will trade out for peloton uh is i will trade out um the uh, fake ram with glowing lights ha <laughs> ha I, w- I wouldn't put Peloton on the top 50. I think it's at 45 right now, which I'm like, eh. Yeah, I think that's too high. I think maybe that was my issue with it. I think it's too high. Like, I think that if you're going to put spectacles at 89, which is fine, if you're going to put Google Glass at 100, I think that's low for Google Glass. Um, I think that the Peloton should be should be lower on the list. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you, you've convinced me. I'll, I can I can come around and I can say I can say Peloton. Um, what let's uh, let's look at the top five um, on the Verge's list. All right. Um, all right, so scrolling down. So, all right, so the number oh, five right is, the, is the Model S. Sorry, so, I so, accidentally so opened the comments, which is going to take me an hour to scroll back up through. Okay, I'm okay. here. Okay, so number five is the Tesla Model S. Okay, I, I guess that okay that makes sense just because that car is so it has a cachet, and because Tesla is the company that made electric cars sexy. That being said, I don't yeah. know that it's so widespread that it would be in the top I mean, five. And I don't think we've really seen the effects yet, the widespread effects yet of what Tesla making a popular electric car will do for right. other automakers. And they are they are making them. I know that they are making them and putting them out there, especially in Europe. But... It, <sighs> And yeah, maybe I think, I'm just I think, I think, bad I think, at reading no, the barometer here. No, I, th- I, th- I think I think you're right. Like I think top ten. I don't know if I'd put it top five. I my my one issue, and again, I think this is just you've got to come up with a hundred things. Having both the Model Three and the Model S seems superfluous. Yeah, I think Model S is the right one to have because that's the you know the the very first Tesla. The model uh, was you know the the, the Lotus, 
you know, body that they just kind of modified. This was kind of the first one that, that they really made. And it really, I think, kind of forced the rest of the auto industry to get on board with electric. Mm-hmm. And I think you could argue that they would not have done that um, if, if the Model S hadn't come out and hadn't become um, like uh, something that people wanted to buy and, and a status symbol. So yeah. I, I would agree with that. And right, I think so maybe f- what I'm not taking into account here is I, I think the auto industry probably moves slower than tech as a whole. Yeah, it does. So I am sure that there are things happening. Continue. Uh, okay, so number four would be the Galaxy S6. Um, I would have chosen a different Galaxy, but I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm fine with that. I think I would have chosen the Galaxy S3 because that was the first one where Samsung had the brand power that Apple had, where you started to see people referring to Galaxies the same way that you would hear iPhone. So I would put the Galaxy S3 in that place rather than the, the six, but I'm I'm fine with having a Galaxy there. I think that's accurate. I think that, you know, the only um, a phone manufacturer that has come anywhere close to having the same brand recognition as the iPhone is the Galaxy line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really fair. Uh, number three, the Apple MacBook Air, everyone's favorite MacBook. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, you know, not mine, yeah, I mean, but everyone it, else's. Totally. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it, and it's the de facto laptop, right? I mean, even now, if you look at an Ultrabook, it, it follows the, the the 2010 redesign um, that, that came out, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the 2013 model. That's the model they mentioned, but but I think like the, the, the but it's the same design as 2010. And everything st- still to this day is kind of stemming from that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you know, yeah, I, 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 I'm down with that. Yeah, the, um, to re- refresh uh Two USB ports, a MagSafe connector, an SD card slot, and no CD mm-hmm. drive. Which yep. was that when that was when CD drives started disappearing off laptops. Right? Yes, yes, wow. it was. So, That's a big so deal. the very yeah, and it was a really big deal when the very first MacBook Air came out in two thousand eight. There was like a lot of backlash. Like it was like ridiculous how angry people were about people getting rid of the CD drive, and that was the really thin one that was really underpowered. Had one port. Oh god! Um, by, by by the time the twenty ten uh, one came out, you know, you still the the MacBook Pros were still shipping with the super drives, and um, but they did the redesign. They lowered the price, um, added more ports, uh, more power, and that I think really was was kind of the thing where people were like, okay, yeah, we are ready to to do this. You know, Apple, as they have historically done, kind of you know forced people to give up um, legacy uh, inter- interface things that maybe you know they didn't want to give up. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that that's a good one. Number two, your very favorite thing, the Amazon Echo. So yes. Can we make the argument that the Amazon Echo is the device that has normalized um, us both speaking to and being spied upon by digital assistants in our homes? Perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I think... I, I think so. I think so. I, I mean, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's really interesting when you look at the, the Fire Phone, which is much higher on the list, which was a huge colossal failure and had <sighs> many of the same ideas, such a failure. And, and then, you know, like within 18 months, the, the Echo comes out and completely just, um, it's A, it's a surprise to everyone. No one expected it. Uh, B, in the beginning, Amazon like was really low key about it. Like they weren't sending out review units. Like I, I, only got one at Mashable as early as we got it because, like, I registered and bought it myself as, like, an end user, right? 
And, um, you know, like you had to get an invite to buy them for a while until they kind of got things figured out. And then it just took off like gangbusters. Yeah. A, A, the, you know, Alexa is really good. Uh, especially compared to Siri and other digital assistants at the time. Uh, B, you know, they were really smart and integrated with services like like Spotify and iHeartRadio and things like that early on. And then the whole app ecosystem kind of, you know, brought up. And, and C, I think really importantly, like it's not an expensive, you know, device. Like putting the privacy things aside, like I bought one for my mom for Mother's Day, um, I think a year after it came out. And, you know, at this point, like it made it, like conceivable, like, oh, yeah, I can have one of these in my kitchen or my bedroom or, or yeah, whatever. And, it's a dangerously and, easy gift. And I, I do have to, while hating Amazon, I do have to praise them because this does go counter to what their usual business practices, which is like finding an area of uh, an area of industry, like, say, book publishing and completely taking it over to the point where the original model is no longer sustainable. I think they they I think they tried to do that with the phone. They were like, yeah, we can make a phone. Let's let's do phones now. Why not? Um and it didn't work. But yeah, the speaker, that was a place where there was apparently a genuine gap in the market and Amazon yeah. filled it. And now they are the, as the Verge says, ubiquitous smart speaker. Completely. And and it, and it literally, I think that um, Amazon has done this twice. They effectively created the e-reader market. There weren't e-readers before the Kindle, but they weren't the same and didn't have the, the book ecosystem. You couldn't buy them on the device. Like it was a very different experience because I had one of those Sony e-readers way, way, way back in the day. And, and it was a total uh, pain in the ass. Um, but uh, in this case, I think not only I, th- I think you can say, like, it actually created the entire market completely. Yeah, it did. Uh, which is, like, 100%. Like, there was nothing uh, even even close to to being, like, the Echo before. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's a good number, too. And then number one, we, we talked about this a little bit, but the iPhone 4, which is, like, the ultimate iPhone. And to me, I still think this is the best, one of the best gadget designs of all time. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, an, it's an iconic design. Like, it's 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 perfect in in every way. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And it has, it changed the world. It changed the world that we live in. Um, maybe someone else would have done it, but Apple did it. And the iPhone 4 yeah, is, I mean, and, like and, you said, iconic. Yeah. I mean, and, and the big innovations with it, the retina display obviously being one. The other one, it had the front-facing camera, which a couple of Android devices had, but there weren't really apps that would take advantage of it. And so, Having the front-facing camera really helped with the rise of selfies because you got to think 2010 is also the same year as Instagram. Oh. Um, and, you know, and it really – and also the the, back, the rear camera was really good too. Um, but, but you know, um, uh, you know FaceTime and, and that whole thing, being able to do video chatting from your phone, I mean, that really opened things up. And then this was uh, – The Verge mentions this too, and this is a really important point. It was like six – uh, seven months later, but in, it was 2011, but this was also the first model that appeared on Verizon, which was crucial because there would have been the lockup period with AT&T. And at that point being on what was, you know, then the number one um, uh, wireless carrier in the United States mm-hmm. uh, as an option was was huge. And and so when the 4S came out um, in uh, October of, uh, of 2011, um, and it was basically available on every carrier, like that just kind of like really just set the stage for Apple to to really dominate um, beyond what, what they'd done before. And this is despite, uh, as noted here, the antenna gate yeah, <laughs> crisis. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. The prototype Which, you know, being the, left the famous, in a bar. The famous, you're hold- 
Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The prototype being left on the bar. I mean, that's the whole thing too, right? That that is the greatest gadget scoop of all time. Truly. Period. Like Congrats, Gizmodo. Like, uh yeah, no. I mean that that is like literally Gizmodo. I mean, uh, I can say this now. I mean, uh, as a company, they were not a, like Apple did not interface with anyone from Gizmodo because of that event until I joined. Oh, that's awesome. Like, like it literally took, you know, six years. I, I, I think reading this story kind of just makes me feel how ephemeral in a way our podcast is. What, Like in, in a fine way, in a fine way. I'm not negging it, but with a 10-year view back on this device or not 10 yeah actually yeah 10 10 year view back on this device like antenna gate and the gizmodo thing probably would have dominated the news cycle for us but 10 years looking back on it it's like yeah this is this is a great device this is a classic device and it's a huge success yeah i think you're exactly right this episode of rocket is brought to you by pingdom The holiday shopping season, Boxing Day, and Black Friday are just around the corner. We're all looking for deals out there. In fact, I have not done my holiday shopping yet. You know what would make me cry? If I reached the checkout page of a website with a a box, a checkout cart full of my mother's Christmas presents and found that the site was down. That would make me sad. It would make me navigate immediately to another website. Well, when I'm shopping online, that sucks. You wouldn't want your website to do that to me, would you? You wouldn't want me to not buy Christmas presents from my mom from you. Pingdom will let you know the moment your website goes down in whatever way is best for you. Use transaction monitoring to get alerted when cart checkout forms and login pages fail before they affect your customers, me, and your business. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the severity of the outage. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the code ROCKET at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thank you so wow, what, what? Anyway, pingdom, P-I-N-G-D-O-M dot com slash RelayFM. Now I'm going to say the thing that I really messed up on saying. It's our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. You rule. All right, Christina, on to our final topic of the day. You suggested something in um, our WhatsApp, but what? tell me what you had in mind. So, okay, we talk a lot about trash food and, and our um, uh, love, um, hate, fascination with it. And so I thought that we should just talk more generally, like there's no list of this. This is just kind of an idea. How do we should talk about some of our favorite trash food of the last decade? So whether that's like the the, the, the Doritos tacos or the, um, you know, um, the, the, the Popeye sandwich or um, I don't know, like the all the ridiculous. Uh, uh, oh, the the Cheetos um, um, uh, puffs from from Burger King. That's or, what I was. That's the first thing that came to mind. Is anything any company that has added Cheetos to it? Because I feel like Cheetos exemplifies perfect. It, it is trash food. Not only totally. does it have zero redeeming qualities, except for its incredible, incredible flavor, but it creates a goddamn mess. It gets all over. You, you can't eat Cheetos without letting it be known that you have recently eaten Cheetos because you're running to the bathroom to wash off your orange finger. And it's probably hopefully just like two fingers. Plus, there's that whole story about Jeff Bezos and the investigation into how he eats Cheetos, which may be the pinnacle of journalism of this decade. 
I mean, maybe. I mean, that 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 and Ashley Feinberg's um, story of uh, Donald Trump's hair, uh, I think, are, are are close up there. But yeah, no, I mean, I think that you're right. Like Cheetos and especially like the the rise of, uh, of you know, um, um, uh, you know, um, uh, hot Cheetos like. You know, people really, really love. I need to uh, briefly explain the Jeff Bezos Cheetos story. So Mel Magazine um, did an investigation uh, into this picture that Jeff Bezos posted on Instagram um, where he says in the caption, I know, but God, I love Cheetos. And in the picture, you see his hand. He's in a car. You see his hand. And every single finger has orange Cheeto dust on it. And as uh, the author of the piece points out, Miles Klee points out, nobody eats Cheetos by putting their entire hand in the bag and grabbing with every finger. You eat Cheetos by grabbing them with the the pinch, the forefinger, and the thumb. Because otherwise, you're going to make a goddamn mess. Exactly. And yet, like, he he's, like, in his car. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, because, I mean, I have certainly gotten Cheetos in my full hand before. But as you say, you're going to make a goddamn mess because that's you literally grabbing. In, like, you know how, you know the only way you get that? There's a bowl of Cheetos and you're, like, at a party and you need to grab some Cheetos on a plate and that's what you do. But you're if right. you're eating them out of the bag. No, never. No. Because you can't fit that many in your mouth. Anyway. Exactly. So that is the context behind my Cheetos comment. Back to what you were saying. Yeah, no, but but I think, uh, you know, the Flamin' Hot Cheetos, like that really kind of had a, a big moment and in, in kind of the, you know, kind of resurgence of things there. Uh, you're right. Like that. So I think anything Cheetos related, uh, the the um, the Doritos Tacos, that was 2012. That was a really good moment, too. I think that kind of started the, the co-branding thing that we started to see with fast food and other forms of snacks, which mm-hmm. was smart uh, synergy since Yum Foods is uh, like like Frito-Lay, I think, is part of the same thing that's, that owns um, Taco Bell or at least they used to. So that was like smart synergy. Um, you know, Burger King, like just figuring out like they're like, we will just create random stuff in foreign countries and like, you know, oh, oh yeah, yeah, what was it? They had the, they had like the, the bun that turned people's poop green. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that rules. We should have more That did rule. Yeah. (laughs) We should. Like, I love that. Um, and then, you know, and then like the ridiculous things like, um, I never had to have one, but they had like the, 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 the pop, the note, the, the KFC sandwich with the donuts as the bun. That was earlier this year, but like, that was great. Now, oh, was it, was, was the double down this decade? I think it. I think it was. I think Google that while I briefly talk about the Popeyes chicken sandwich because this was, of yes. course, the huge food event of the fall. Was this ridiculous Popeyes chicken fried chicken sandwich that is so so good? It has the perfect pickle. It has the perfect sauce. It has the perfect. It's fri- it's a friggin' piece of Popeyes fried chicken on a bun, um, and it was so good that people killed each other for it and lined up for many many hours to get it. And poor fast food mm-hmm. workers were very stressed. And then they took it out um, because they ran out of chicken. And then they brought it back. And Mm -hmm. I've been wondering since they brought it back, is this going to be simply a fast food flash in the pan? Or will we, like the iPhone 4, look back in a decade and say, my God, there it was. That is the foundation of fast food right there. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, I think if they can keep – I mean, I think – I, so I haven't been able to have one since I had an initial one because I had to go to Renton for that one. And when I tried to get one um, from uh, a DoorDash or Uber Eats or somebody when I was in Orlando, uh, they did not come with my order. And, oh, uh, and, so and they, but, they also, it, but they also didn't even have this. Yeah, it was a whole thing. So I'm going to try when I'm at the Atlanta airport. I'm hoping they'll have them like 
in stock, right? Like, I think that's, uh, so it, it was also like literally like within a day or two of them coming back when I was trying to get them in Orlando. So it, it was weird timing. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that remains to be seen. I think that, you know, Popeye's is great in general. And I hope that it will be one of those staples for them that people will think, I'm going to go to Popeye's and get the sandwich. You know, similar to the way you go to Chick-fil-A and like get the, get, get their sandwich, right? Yeah. But is it going to have the lasting thing of an iPhone? That's hard because again, like it is, because if we're being honest, it's derivative. It's kind of like a Galaxy S6, right? <gasps> like, sorry, yes, go on. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, like it's, it's, it's derivative. It doesn't mean it's not great and maybe in some ways better than the original, but you, we wouldn't care about it if it wasn't, if it didn't remind us of the other sandwich that we we thought was like, could you're be stopped. right? Because you know what, fast food has been around for far longer than smartphones. If we're gonna if we're gonna pick out the iPhone four of fast food, it's chicken nuggets. It's been right in yeah. front of us this whole time. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Wow. So the Popeyes the chicken double- sandwich is the Galaxy S six. <laughs> Totally, it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Samsung Galaxy of, of fast food, and, and I just checked the uh, the double down um, did come out in April of 2010, and that I mean that started a whole thing too of just like how many calories can we cram in a ridiculous food item. And so if you're not if, for, for listeners wins? who are familiar with, with, with yeah, double down, so the double down is 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 a ridiculous sandwich. So it is the bread instead of having bread, the the two pieces of bread are uh, fried chicken fillets. Um, and then on the inside, um, you have uh, you have like a um, you know bacon, cheese, and sauce. So it's just like, I mean, it's just it's just pure fat. So you're biting into like two pieces, two chicken fillets are the bread, and then on the inside you've got like sauce, and you've got like chicken, and you've got cheese, and you've got bacon, and uh, it's it's a ridiculous, ridiculous thing. Um, KFC is the chaotic people neutral of that- fast food. They they really are, um, uh, which is why I bought that that Colonel Sanders uh, shirt that they were selling, uh, like the hype beast that I am, uh, on a rocket episode like two years ago. And also, they're, they're and also KFC is coming out with that Steam game that we really want to play. Oh oh god. <laughs> well, actually, okay, that's a that's a great I think wrap up of of yep. this this moment, uh, which means it's time for me to tell you. This episode of Rocket is also brought to you by Hover. We're going to take a break to talk about Hover, which is one of the show's longest running sponsors. And you know it because you've been listening for all five years. You know we have fun with it. When you have a big idea, where do you go? For a ton of entrepreneurs, Hover is that big leap. Because your business starts with a domain name, it starts with staking your place out on the internet with with building a little internet house for yourself. And that's your domain. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. No matter what you want to build, there is a domain name waiting for it. And they have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have. They're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Hover has free Whois privacy, so the bad guys don't get your information. It has clean UX, UI, and monthly sales on popular top-level domains, so it's very easy to see why Hover is the first choice for people starting a business. I myself am going to go to Hover and explore trash food. Is there a URL for my trash food website that Christina and I will build to rank trash food? Trashfood.net is available for fifteen forty nine, but there are a ton of sales going on right now. We have trashfood.tech uh, for seven ninety nine, which I think is the the center of the Venn diagram that is this podcast, and trashfood.org for eleven ninety nine. Oh my god! But then there are so many other options. 
um, that oh, we could explore. Trashfood.site, $4.99. So cheap. If I really want to stake out my identity, if I really want to just tell people what I do, trashfood.site. So great. We know you like intuitive user experiences and things that just work straight out of the box. So I know you'll appreciate Hover. You can buy your domain and start using it today uh, by going to hover.com slash rockets and you can get a 10% discount on discount on all new purchases. That URL one more time is hover.com slash rocket. H-O-V-E-R.com slash rocket. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Thank you so much, Hover, for supporting the show and Relay FM. All right, Christina, talk to me about what you're doing this week. Well, this is my last week of work for uh, the decade. Yay. Holy, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, had like 97 hours of vacation that I was going to lose if I didn't take. So uh, I took it. So um, I, this, is my, this is my last week in the office. And so I'm trying to finish some stuff up. And then I will be in Atlanta from, um, I guess, the, the 15th through, I guess, technically like the 2nd. But I will actually be in Tampa for a friend's wedding for New Year's Eve. Um, and then like uh, the 1st the and then flying back through Atlanta to Seattle on the 2nd. So, um, but so I'll be going home to see my parents for a couple of weeks, which will be great. Yay. And um, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm really excited just to like not work. Yeah, just chill uh, out for a bit. Just to chill, exactly. So so I'm just, the only downside is, is that it's Thursday as we're recording this. And I still have like a bunch of stuff I have to, you know, like kind of wrap up. And people are already putting meeting requests on my calendar for stuff that I'm probably going to have to like do anyway next week. But at a no. certain point, I think probably... Well, no, no, but there's certain things I have to get done. I'll just do it. But I, I am, I'm giving myself a thing where I'm like the absolute latest I will be on the phone with anybody for anything for the rest of the year will be Tuesday. And after that, I'm just like, I'm done. Like, you will have to get with me in the New York. Hell yeah. I fully support that. And I'm excited for you to visit your parents. Um, what I am doing this week, I am in LA for our shoot. I am actually flying back today. <laughs> I have a flight at 11. Uh, so as soon as we wrap up here, I'm going to be packing up my stuff showering so that I am nice and clean on the plane and then going back to New York City baby where apparently it's snowing and I did not pack any I did not think this through it was fine when I left and so I packed you know LA coats and I'm gonna go back and die I'm not gonna make it home from the airport no you're not no no you're not you're flying into JFK so you're literally just going to get in an Uber and go back to your apartment that's what you're gonna do the taxi waiting area is so cold Christina Again, I said you're going to get an Uber. I'm not going to get an Uber. Well, then get a Lyft. Like, no. get, get something. Okay, I'm okay. supporting the taxis. Why? They're more corrupt. Genuinely. <sighs> but they're not the medallion system is the, know, the, the, the medallion corrupt. system is genuinely more corrupt. I know. The, the medallion system is genuinely worse. Okay. But taxi uh, it, drivers are killing themselves because Uber and Lyft are putting them out of business. Uh, that's their problem. That's the medallion owners. Not Whoa. I, like, whatever. Whoa. Like, no, no. Well, I'm like, the individual drivers are screwed either way. Like, yeah, it's the medallion owners who are killing them. Um, get Okay, then, then then use Black Lane. Either way, I have to walk outside, Christina. They're not going to, there's not a heated garage where I can go I, to walk to this, my car. I'm aware of this, you can stay in like the waiting area thing until you have to go there. So just get Black Lane. Just, oh just use Black Lane oh and expense God. it. Well, I will be expensing it either way. Um, hey, Christina, the episode's over. Wait, did you want to talk briefly about Half-Life Alex? Uh, we don't have time. Let's uh, we'll we'll save it for next week. Okay. Yeah. Hey, yes. where can we find you online? 
You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And uh, I will not be able to do my hotel tour as uh, per usual, but instead I will do a tour of the bedroom that I stay at when I visit my parents. Aw, that's so cute. Uh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. Uh, and hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. If you like it, please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts because we appreciate that. And tell a friend about it as well and get them hyped to listen. Uh, get them get them into the controversy of fast food of the decade. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back with you next week with all three of us. And this episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Thank you.